So welcome, Justin Park, to the Plateau Partners Pulse, a podcast that is about business networking and ideas. Very excited to have you join me. Um, so obviously, I just gave away your name. What is your business? Uh, my business is a law firm called Romero Park. I am the park of Romero Park. And uh, we have been uh, in operation in one form or another for just over 25 years uh, in the Bellevue area. Wow. That means that you started when you were like five. Well, that means that my partner started 25 years ago and I joined the firm in 2002. Nice. Okay. And then you formed a partnership there. That's right. I became a partner in 2006. I think. Okay. Okay. Interesting. A little fact I didn't know. So now that I know how long you've been a partner, how long have you been in BNI? Uh, I've been in the BNI chapter now for about 19 months, I think. I was looking at it this morning. So just over a year and a half. Awesome. What are the things that you appreciate about BNI the most? Just generally about yeah. uh, what BNI offers. Uh, I I think my favorite thing is um, the how good they make me look to my clients. And what I mean by that is that, you know, when a client calls me and says, I need X and I'm able to refer them to somebody in BNI, and then they come back from that and say, hey, you put me in touch with Stacey Heller and she was great. Yeah, she was. Um, I, I get credit for how smart you are, right? And they, they attribute that to me, which then reinforces that client relationship and, and they continue to come back for more. So that was the unexpected I think benefit to me of BNI beyond just the straight, you know, I've had, I've gotten lots of business and, and uh, made good friends. That's awesome. Now, what about our chapter in particular? What do you think is unique about our chapter? Well, having not been to any other chapters, what I can say that I, I think is unique about our chapter is that uh, I think our relationships go beyond the superficial. Mm -hmm. I think we get a little deeper in knowing each other's business and to some degree each other personally, which makes one referring a lot easier and more comfortable. And uh, two, I think it makes the whole experience so much more pleasant. I would agree. I have to say I'm a little disappointed that so far nobody has said Stacy's leadership. Well, that then would be dissing the leadership of those others who have been leaders while it's I've been not a about them. <laughs> It's always about me. <laughs> but, you know, if I was to list like, you know, two or three other things, I'm certain that would have been on the list. <laughs> Such a lawyer. Um, <laughs> so you mentioned how easy it is because we get to know each other and we go beyond the surface. The three words associated with B&I are like no interest. So what are three words that people associate with you or your business? What do other people say or what do I want them to say, right? Um, well, that's what, two questions yeah, now, Justin. <laughs> what, what I'd like them to say is that we are caring, creative, and cost-sensitive, right? Those are what we are striving for. I think that leads to other words like practical and real and strategic. And I, I want people to feel like we don't take advantage of them mm -hmm. when they come to us because people don't come to us when they're, you know, when things are going really, really well. Right. They come to us when they have a problem and they need it to be solved. And so people feeling like they aren't being taken advantage of is very important to us. I would add my three words, which would be human, thus you're real, humble, 
you're very good at what you do. And of course, you're going to be humble about it <laughs> and humorous. So those are the three that I would add. I like that. All right. I'll take those. Right. And then I'll start with H. So the alliteration really makes it roll off the tongue. Right? I mean, hell or yeah, it does. So tell me something about you that your clients don't know. And I don't necessarily mean fun fact. I mean it as a point of connection. Um, yeah. I tell the story all the time and I'm telling it again now that when you joined BNI and I had to give the BNI purpose um, at one point, I gave, um, I did a little reading from a book and uh, Stinky Cheese Man. And I remember like you came up to me after and you're like, oh, I love that book. I read those books to our kids. Like they're so funny. And I love those books and the humor that's in them. And, you know, I have not until recently needed to use a lawyer. Um, you helped me with my contract. But before that, and, you know, I always say that if there's a snowstorm in front of you of all these snowflakes that are supposedly unique, what's the thing that makes someone put out their little mitten to catch you on their mitten, right? What's the unique thing that's like, why that snowflake? And for me, I'm like, you knew the stinky cheese man. <laughs> like, that's the thing. So I think it's those little details that, right. you know, can connect people. So what's your little detail? Wow. Um, that made me think of something I hadn't thought of before, but uh, my family likes to make fun of me because I, I laugh at my own jokes. <laughs> and to which my response is, if I didn't think it was funny, why would I say it in the first place? Right. So excellent. Point. Um, you know, so I, I, I laugh at my own jokes. I, uh, I like to laugh. And, uh, you know, as I said, most people, when they come to us, they're not coming to us because really wonderful things have been happening to them in their lives. They're coming to me with a problem. And so, being able to find ways to um, lighten that burden is really kind of one of the fun parts of the job. Mm -hmm. So uh, as to what my I'd like my clients to know about me uh, that they don't already know, I guess it's that, you know, I, I'm kind of a goofball in a lot of ways, right? I mean, um, I asked my staff that, what, uh, what, what do I, what do we want them to know? And mm -hmm. my assistant, Kylie, the first thing she said is that, well, you know, you usually dress fairly professionally and you do a decent job of that, but you always wear goofy socks, <laughs> which is true. I, I usually wear some either it's, you know, whether they're you know, Star Wars socks or airplane socks or, you know, Christmas socks or the wrong color mm -hmm. or something. I actually have them on my Abraham Lincoln socks today. So. See? There you go. I love that. It's like you're staying grounded in the humor that I'm talking about. Right. Just something to remind myself of who I am, right? Right. Absolutely. I love that. So I've been asking everybody to share um, a frequently asked question. So what yeah. do you get asked all the time? The, the most asked question I get is what kind of law do you practice? And uh, the, the answer to that varies because I think it's actually the worst question anybody can ask me. Oh, okay. Then I'm going to ask you it again. Later on. Later right? on. Yeah. <laughs> because, so, so that's the first question that okay, people ask. Right? Okay. So. And the second question is, do you have a free consult? And? Right. Uh, and the answer is uh, kind of. Actually, the answer is if somebody calls me on the phone and just for a, a first introductory meeting, I never charge anybody for that. However... Uh, as to, you know, scheduling an actual free hour of time, I usually do not do that uh, simply because, you know, the type of situations we're dealing with uh, in our practice 
don't lend themselves to that. It's you see that more commonly in uh, bankruptcy and personal injury, criminal, family law, things like that, right? Where they do the free hour consultation as to whether or not you need their services. Right. Um, a lot of what I do is grounded in business transactions, and you know, I say business people exclude um, personal, but dealing with people's business interests. So right. your real estate, your business, your job, your investments, um, all of those things you have, there are legal issues that go along with them. And, right. And so that's where we go with that direction. Okay. Which, you know, even though those things are people's business, it's still, it's always personal. It's always personal. It's always personal. Okay. So what's your favorite curse word? Uh, so <laughs> I, I thought about this. The, the answer is that I have worked very, very hard in my life to not curse. And mm -hmm. so I really don't. But the truth of the matter is whatever word you use in that moment of emotion is your favorite curse word. Mm -hmm. And so um, I, I would say mine is bleep. Not, I'm not bleeping that. That's the word bleep, right? <laughs> bleep and bleep or whatever, right? I mean, if I stub my toe, that's probably about 65% of the time what I'm going to say. I, I, it becomes like the substitute, it's, you know, like, it's like all oh, curse fudge. Words. And yes. meanwhile, like, well, fudge is essentially then a curse. Yeah. My, my partner likes to say uh, uh, bloody boots or mother bear. Oh, I, I like, like mother bear. Mother bear. And I was like, you know, those are curse words, right? And he's like, well, no, they're not. I said, well, Okay, but you're using them as your right. Curse exactly. Word. Well, um, another one that we came up with um, in our house is Shuxatani Phil. That's a good one, right? That is a great one. Chrysanthemum <laughs> is a good one. Oh, yeah, that yeah, is. But yeah. that's the name of a children's book, so that's blasphemous for me. <laughs> so, Fair enough. All right. Yeah. Well, we are going to take a break, and when we come back, naturally the first question that I'm going to ask you is, what kind of lawyer are you? <laughs> so stay tuned. You've worked hard to build your life and business. Can you protect them if needed? Do you know where to start? Any lawyer can provide information and advice. A good lawyer will help resolve challenges that arise. I'm Justin Park of Romero Park. Our lawyers provide advice unique to your situation and advocate for you by finding creative and cost-sensitive solutions that protect you. We care because even when it's just business, it's still personal. Visit RomeroPark.com or call 425-450-5000. Welcome back to Plateau Partners Pulse. I am sitting here with Justin Park of Romero Park, and I am going to ask him his most favorite question to be asked, which is, so Justin, what kind of lawyer are you? So first, let me tell you why that's a bad question, <laughs> right? And I think I, I described it earlier to some degree, but when someone asks me that question, what they're really asking me is, are you the type of lawyer who handles the thing that I'm thinking about right now? When I heard the word, oh, you're a lawyer, everybody jumps to a thought, right? Oh, I remember when so-and-so was in a lawsuit, or I remember, and, oh man, I need a lawyer for this, or I need a lawyer for that, mm -hmm. right? And so what you're doing is creating for me uh, a guessing game where if I'm lucky enough to guess the uh, area of the law that you think your matter falls into, I get to be your lawyer, right? Right. So uh, it, it's gotten very frustrating for me over the years to, you know, make that guess and go, oh, missed it by that much, you know. <laughs> and uh, 
and, and not be able to, uh, to help that person or get that business. And so, so that's why that's a frustrating question to me, right? Because if I say, well, I'm a real estate lawyer and the person was actually thinking that they need some help with a contract. Right. Oh, they passed me by. Right. right. Sure. And vice versa. So the truth of the matter is I work with, well, it's easier to define it by what I don't do. I don't do personal injury. I don't do family law. I don't do criminal law. And I don't represent people who need a bankruptcy attorney for themselves. Okay. Right. Okay. Um, outside of that, if you have a business or personal uh, interest in something, an idea, a business, a piece of real estate, um, a, a partnership, um, or anything where you have a you know, pecuniary interest, you're going to need somebody like me, right? So you're telling me that my ideas that I have, that I'm convinced I need to go on to Shark Tank with, mm-hmm. I can come to you Absolutely. and you can help me get those like protected. Right. Intellectual property is a decent sized part of my practice. Now that, that includes a lot of different things, right? And it crosses over with a lot of different business issues, right? Because not everything that you come to someone with is capable of the standard cookie cutter uh registration with mm-hmm. the patent and trademark office or the copyright office, right? Maybe sometimes they're just ideas. Right. They're concepts, right? Oh. Um, are you going to be sharing them with people where you need a non-disclosure agreement? Are you going to be uh, entering into a deal with somebody where you're bringing the idea and they're bringing the capital and you need some kind of a partnership agreement to spell all those things out? In other words, those ideas can be protected and mm-hmm. I can help with that. Now, the other part of that is when I now now we've we've kind of gone down the transactional road, right? Right, and people will assume, well, that's all he does. But in fact, I'm a litigator, and I mean, I've appeared in in every court in Western Washington, pretty much you can appear in, all the way up to the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals and the Washington State Supreme Court. So th- that's that's a big part of my practice that I really love is that litigation part and actually getting to prepare and try cases. Interesting. Now my head is just going with all of my ideas that I have. And then I'm like, and then if somebody tries to steal the idea, then you've got me covered that way. And then you've also helped me out with my, um, I remember sending you the email, baby's first contract. And um, with starting my business, I had a client that actually wanted a formal contract and so needed to do that. And um, you looked it over. And the things that you thought to add that I didn't think about, um, the whole idea that if I'm giving a client advice and they follow it and it ends up being bad for business that, you know, they can't come after me, they agreed, you know, that they've – and I was like, oh, right, (laughs) Right. I could be wrong. That's a good thing to to have in there, right? Yeah. Yeah, And so the things that, you know, that you, you customized for me and thinking about that, and it's so helpful having another set of eyes that are knowledgeable about that and that are really looking at those details that you don't think about. And all I would add is that the fact that that was your first contract is all I'm disappointed in, Stacey. You should have had a contract a long time ago before you get going to this. If someone has a business, if you have a business and you're listening out there, you need to have a contract. Okay. End of story. You it's know, true. It's yeah. true. I mean, so many times I get people in and, and it's a litigation matter now. And okay, did you have a contract? Well, no, I knew them. That's, I guess you that's don't know not, them so well after right, all. That's not a reason not to have a contract. As a matter of fact, 
it's a that's the reason to have a contract. Good good contracts make for good friends, right? Mm -hmm. Because what a contract does is said, if this goofy situation comes up, here's how we're going to handle it, right? And you think, well, we're friends, we'll figure it out, but you know, we've all had that friend where that hasn't been the case, right? So right. If they'd have had a contract, maybe it would have worked out better. Now, is that something that so I was. Um, totally intimidated by the idea of writing up a contract and actually had to rely on friends and colleagues like, okay, what do I need to do to get the ball rolling? If somebody is out there listening that's starting a business yeah. and needs to um, put together a contract, is that something that you can, you know, you have some kind of a template that you can help people with? Or yes, do they have al to come? Almost always. Okay. Uh, so so if, if someone came to me and said, I have nothing at all, I have a business where I make widgets and I need a contract with my supplier. Can you help me? The answer is yes, I can. And I can start from scratch and create it. Um, I will tell you that the, the easier, the better practice is to have you either, there's a zillion templates out there oh, on yeah. the internet now, right? Um, either grab something that you think works or if you have a colleague in the business who's willing to share something with you. If you come to me with something. Yep, it gives... Right? I will, I will tear it to shreds and put it back together, but it will still be faster than me creating it from whole cloth because I don't know the technical aspects of your business the way you do. Okay. Right. And I never will. Um, and so I, that's what I always advise people. If you can find anything, I don't care what it is, even if it's just you handwriting a list of bullet points, I want these list of things in my contract mm -hmm. that will save you time because I bill by the hour. Well, I was going to say that's where your cost sensitive piece comes yeah. in. And, and I want to make sure that my time then that there's a there's a translation to value for the client. Right? Yeah, no, that's that's super helpful. OK, so now let's say I get into um, so I've come up with my amazing idea and you've helped me um, secure that. And I've gone into business with my friend and I now have a contract with my friend and um I am doing, um, I've created widgets and then they go off and they create smidgets and <laughs> clearly they are doing the same exact thing that I thought we were doing together. Right. Now, can you help me Absolutely. navigate that? Yes, is the short answer. Uh, but the long answer is definitely because then what we've got is potentially a number of different causes of action. Uh, which is how we define you know, a case in litigation, right? What is the active cause of action? Is it a breach of contract? Is it a, uh, a, a trade name dispute? Is it a violation of um, the, some of the laws out there to deal, do with unfair competition or something like that? There's all sorts of different options, right? And uh, my job is to get all the facts from you, identify the appropriate causes of action, um, as to how we can move forward. Now, that's sometimes as far as some lawyers go. Great. Here's facts. I chop them up. I put them in a cookie cutter. I generate a lawsuit and off we go. Right. Yep. But then we have to go to the next question, which is, should you? Right. And that's where we, I want to take some time. Right. Are you prepared financially to engage in a piece of litigation? Are you prepared psychologically to enter into a piece of litigation? Um, and, and from a strategic standpoint, is that the best way to go? Like maybe smidgets are doing better than widgets. And really, I should just... Hop on board. Right. 
right? Maybe okay. we should we should just adjust your existing agreement, and and be, you know become a consultant for him or whatever the case may be, right? Let's get outside the box a little bit and find a solution that works for you in the space where you currently exist. Which means, which may not be the standard cookie cutter. Let's file a lawsuit, right? Because ninety still to this day, ninety plus percent. Some I've seen figures as high as 97, 98 percent, maybe even lower in the 80s. They all settle. If you file a lawsuit, the chances are 90 percent at least that you're going to settle that case at some point. Whether it's something you love as a settlement or something you hate as a settlement or something that gets you to the middle of the road, it's going to settle because of one single fact. And that is because uh, the people making decisions in lawsuits are human beings which means they are 100% unpredictable. Whether it's a judge or a jury making that decision, you have no idea what's going to come out of their mouth when it does, right? So I, mm -hmm. I, one fun thing I get to do sometimes is after a jury trial, uh, the judge will say, you can go ahead and talk to the lawyers now afterwards, and we can go and get some real-world feedback on what we said and what mm -hmm. we did. And the universal fact, 100% of the time that I've done that, the jurors... I asked the question, okay, tell me what it was you keyed on that led you to the decision that you made. And it has never, ever, ever been the thing that either myself or the opposing lawyer wanted them to key on, right? They grabbed something else entirely. It's the stinky cheese man. Every time it's the stinky cheese man, right? Because why? They're human beings and they're individuals and they have their own perspectives and their own everything, right? And so it's so unpredictable. And so all cases almost all cases settle, right? So that means that my job as a lawyer is to, let's see if we can short circuit that process, right? And not let it cost you the tens of thousands of dollars, sometimes hundreds of thousands of dollars it can take to actually get to that point, right? Where everybody is willing to finally try to settle a case. Um, because by that point, everybody's exhausted, Right. Everybody has litigation fatigue. Mm -hmm. Everyone's tired of the case. Everyone's tired of the expense. They just want it over, you know, and that doesn't lead to good deals for anybody. So right. the for me, part of being an advocate for somebody is making sure we're doing that testing all the way through every stage of the process. Is this the point we need to stop? Is this the point we need to offer a deal? Is there a different perspective we can come at it from here? All right. Well, I can tell you already that I definitely want money for the intellectual property of my idea. And since smidgets are doing better than widgets, I want a decent percentage of that business. So that's what I'm going for. Um, but we're going to take a very brief recess, and then we're going to come back and learn more about Justin Park. Accidents can happen in a flash, but the claims process grinds to a halt when insurance companies try to escape responsibility. At Injury Law Group Northwest, our attorneys have over 15 years of experience defending insurance companies. Now we use this knowledge to fight for personal injury victims and get them the justice they deserve for auto collisions, medical malpractice, slip trip falls, construction industries, recreational accidents, and more. Visit us at InjuryLawGroupNW.com and schedule a free consultation. Injury Law Group Northwest. We give hope. We get results. Welcome back to Plateau Partners Pulse. I am sitting here with Justin Park. I may or may not have told him my deep, dark secrets in between, but there is client lawyer confidentiality. So, uh, not because since Stacy's here, there isn't actually. So, 
Sorry. Darn it. See, something else that you learn. Oh my gosh. Unless you go into business together, then the whole thing becomes privileged. Oh, all right. Well, so much for that. Because there's someone else in the room, that goes out the window. Okay. Well, wait. I could argue that we both have the same name. So which Stacy are you talking about? Right. Okay. Because there's two Stacys in the room, it doesn't matter who's who. All that matters is there's more than one and more than you. Okay. Whatever. So Such a lawyer. It's clearly ingrained in you. So given that, how did you get here? What is your why? So that, well... Obviously, there's never just one why for anybody. But for me, the start was um, I worked in my family's business, my dad's business. He's an electrical, he was an electrical contractor. And he was an outstanding electrician, great designer, um, worked so hard and very, very good at what he did. And then I watched him battle with issues that took him away from doing that part of the thing that he was best at, which was the craftsmanship, mm-hmm. right? Um, and watched him struggle with that. And, um, you know, again, that part of the business took him away from where his talents were best. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I saw that and watched him go through that. And, uh, you know, he ended up facing litigation and had all these different problems. And um, eventually that business went away now for a lot of different reasons, including the litigation and things like that. Mm-hmm. And I watched that. And, uh, he always told me, even when I was working for him, by the way, you're not going to do this for a living. You're, you're going to go to college and, you know, do something where you don't have to thrash your knees every day. Right. But, Mm -hmm. and so I knew I could do that. And then as I was going through college and trying to figure out, you know, what I wanted to be when I grew up, um, started talking with some people that were involved in the legal industry and thought, Hey, that's, I can go and help that end of things, Mm -hmm. you know, as a career. Yeah. And that's what drove me to law school. And then uh, and then the other part of it, the part that drove me to litigation is I think a lot of the really good litigators are uh, secretly people that wanted to be actors, but mm-hmm. realized there was no money in it. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. so you know, I, I'd done a lot of that in high school and love that, that performance aspect of it. And sure. the courtroom scratches that itch. And so that's, uh, that's how I kind of became who I am. And so... You know, I still have those skills. I can still, uh, you know, do your electrical work if I need to, but um, you don't want to pay lawyer rates for that. But uh, <laughs> Well, I mean, yeah. I would argue that the rates of electricians are not that far off of the rates for lawyers because it's a dying art. It is that. It is that. But, I mean, we yeah. don't have enough... Um, Enough tradespeople. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, that's an amazing thing. Just understanding that, you know, because, um, and I think so many small business owners, they they do what they do because, you know, they're really good at what they do because it's a passion of theirs. It's a talent. It's a, it's their mission. And that's their zone of genius. And running the business is not their zone of genius. You know, that's a great, I, I've never heard zone of genius before. I like that. I'm going to use that if that's okay with you. That is totally fine. Okay. And I will only charge you a small fee for that. <laughs> <laughs> but that's absolutely the case, right? And that's, that's, that's why it's something like BNI is great, right? Because a small business owner that comes to one of us saying, Hey, here's my zone of genius and I need all this other help. And I, we can give you a lawyer and accountant and a, and, and an idea person and on, on and on and on and on. Mm-hmm. Right. 
to, to fill that out and allow you to focus on your zone of genius. Mm -hmm. But I, I love the fact that you recognized that never in witnessing what your dad went through, you know, it was really about understanding that there needed to be advocacy and ways to mediate situations mm -hmm. and so that he could continue to do what he loved doing and focus on that area. And that, um, as you said, you know, good contracts make for Good you know, friends. Good yeah. friends. And so if, you know, I don't, obviously I don't know the particulars of the situation, but if with some things, if there had been contracts in place or he had those protections, then he could have just continued to focus on the thing that he loved doing. Right. And I think so many businesses end up in trouble because of the fact that you're two years into your business and you finally come up with a contract. <laughs> <laughs> I speak from experience. <laughs> I would agree with that. And that, again, that's that's kind of the hope, right, is that that people like myself, others that we know can uh, can provide that that at least enough of a buffer there, mm -hmm. at least enough of a resource is a better word there that uh, that then people can focus on the thing that they're really good at, which is the reason they started a business in the first place. Right. And just focus on the thing that um, their why. Yeah. Do you find that you mediate more often than you have to litigate? Uh, well, it depends on what you mean by each one of those words, right? Because uh, um, if you mean, do I find myself in a representing one party and end up negotiating a, a, a deal with the other side ra rather than go go to court with a lawsuit? The mm -hmm. answer is yes. Okay. And that's back to that 90% number, right? Okay. Almost everybody settles. Okay. Um, mediation as a proper noun um, is a specific type of dispute resolution process. And uh, to be perfectly honest, that's where I want to go with my career um, is to become a professional mediator. And so I've, I've, I'm most of the way through some training for doing that right now. And that's where I see my career going in the, into the future. And it's helping people resolve disputes, um, becoming part of the solution maybe rather than, you know, mm -hmm. part of the problem. But uh, so, so, but I would say back to the answering your question, I spend more time negotiating than I do, quote unquote, fighting. Okay. Which then makes sense that your next steps with your career would be in mediation. Yeah. Mm, it all ties together. That's the theory. I love that. Okay. So um, another, I think, really important question is when do you contact you? Right. When do you need a lawyer? Yes. Right? When do you need a lawyer? I think a lot of people are fearful of that concept because of the expense involved. And I'm not going to lie to you. I'm, I'm, I'm far from the, the cheapest lawyer out there. Um, you get but what you I, pay for. That's, that's the concept, right? Is that you get what you pay for. But um, I will tell you, you will always save money if you contact a lawyer earlier than if you contact a lawyer later. Because Amen. when we come in later, we have to recreate the wheel. We have to, we're scrambling. Right. We have to do something big and brassy and and, you know, take it, take it that direction as opposed to doing something strategic and putting it in place early and giving you more input on how things are going to go. So my advice would be if you have let's come back to the idea, right, the, mm -hmm. the, the, the widgets and swidget and smidgets, mm -hmm. if you have the idea for the widgets. Um, you know, give me a phone call, right? Let's take 15 minutes on the phone that isn't going to cost you a dime right. and, and talk about the basics. Um, so then we can figure out, do you need to come in and actually 
sign a client agreement and and go through the process of paying me to do some work uh or or is it just something where you can keep on doing what you're doing so i i would always tell people earlier in the process rather than later will result in a net reduction of your overall spending on uh legal services mm-hmm. err on the side of caution and um as they say, with planning comes freedom. Exactly. You know, prior pr- planning prevents poor performance. There right? you go. There's yeah. the, there's, my dad there's used to say, piss poor prior planning uh, does not constitute an emergency on my part. <laughs> that's what my dad would say to us when yeah. we failed to do something. And, and that's, you know, I, I don't think that's that's a... I'm not making that up. No one's one's going to say that's a wonderful idea you came up with here, Jeff versus Justin, right? Right. You know, that's just the truth of the matter. And, uh, you know, especially when you can pick up a telephone and call a lawyer and it's not going to cost you anything for at least the the first 10 to 15 minutes. Right. Like, I'm thinking of going into business with, you know, my best friend or my neighbor or I'm thinking of, you know, doing this or whatever. Yeah. You're going to give that guidance and, you know. And we're going to figure out whether or not you need to spend any money on me. Yep. Right. And it doesn't take that long. I love that. Okay. So let's say I'm going to get into the widget business. Right. So that I can eventually get money from the smidget people. Where do I find you? We have two offices. Uh, We are located, we have a Bellevue, Washington office and an office in San Diego. Um, I'm full-time up here in our office in Bellevue. I have a, my partner is full-time in the office in California, and then there's some crossover. Okay. But to get a hold of us, uh, you call our office at 425-450-5000, um, and you can ask for Justin, uh, or you can just say, I have this type of a problem. Can I talk to a lawyer? And we'll, we'll get you in touch with somebody. Um, our website is, uh, romeropark.com. That's R-O-M-E-R-O-P-A-R-K.com. Um, and either of those will give you a good avenue to get a hold of me. Awesome. There are, when it comes to matters of business and the heart, there are no dumb questions. Amen to that. All right. Well, I believe that, um, that concludes our time. It was so fun chatting with you. Thank you, Stacey. I'm very it. excited to get into the widget business. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you for answering all of my questions and for being um, the gentleman that you are. I really um, enjoy chatting with you. You're welcome. All right. That is it for this episode of Plateau Partners Pulse. Join us next time when we hear from another one of our members.